Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. It's five. We, our introduction is always around five minutes. That's three, rude. three minutes, two minutes. <laughs> Just start it, Jimmy, Jimsy. Welcome to Legacy Matters. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, Sarah, Jim, and Sam. Sarah, Jim, and Sam. Sa- yeah. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> uh oh, Sarah's Sorry. out of it today. Jim and Sam both have fresh haircuts. Oh. We got so, fresh cuts. It's fresh the, cuts. It's I'm just a fancy banquet. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's for our photo shoot. Oh, oh that's right. We do have a photo shoot on Friday. You, you, get, you get invited to a banquet and you got a photo shoot coming up. You banquet get a, makes it sound like. It's called a banquet. 1950. It's an award ceremony. I don't yeah, know. Okay, what it is. anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They, they probably they should have a big band there. Maybe. And, you know, that'd be kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. So, welcome to Legacy Matters <laughs> Podcast. It is ah. Wednesday. Um, thank you to all of our listeners. Just a reminder, please like, share, and subscribe. There you go. Wherever you listen to our podcast. Okay. Jim, weather check. Weather check. <laughs> Here we are. November. Still in November. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday in mid, mid-November. Mid-November. And once again, same as last time. Cloudy, kind of gloomy. But temperature is really nice out today. I mean, I just ran out, got the headphones for our guests, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, and it is quite, quite four, nice. It's 41 degrees out there. Yeah, super nice. I'm Under ready cloudy for skies. jog around the lake, possibly. It's good, uh, You're not good jogging running around weather. any lakes. No, I'm not. But <laughs> Some people would. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, maybe. <laughs> just, not, just not you. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I jog in the gym. You do. On the treadmill, mm. like a rodent. <laughs> Fascinating. I, I know. Okay. Like, so, a, like a rodent? Yeah. Like, you know, on a treadmill. Oh. I don't, I just don't like associate you, know. you with rodents, but well, all right. No, I'm saying like on the, <laughs> on the wheel thing. That the, I know. Yeah. The hamster wheel. The yeah. hamster wheel. All right, okay. buddy. Uh, let's get this started. Let's, yeah. let's have you make introductions. All right. So we have David Rathman in today, artist. Minneapolis. Welcome, David. Thank you. Yes, thank mm. you. Thanks for coming yeah. in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for putting up with that intro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I wanted you to have a weather map behind you. Oh, yeah. I would love screen. to have that. I would love Blue to have screen. a weather map. You do. What yeah. Do you <laughs> it would be all. It's your all calling. Effed up. It'd be, <laughs> nothing would be accurate. It, nothing's Palm accurate. Trees in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, that would be like a dream like weather map kind of works with his painting behind him it does you know isn't it yeah it's got the blue screen kind of like or something like that okay it looks like a a little looks like chaos behind me though (laughs) like if that was the weather that's the traffic you would tell me about yeah david this is an artist we have here so he's speaking your language well (laughs) traffic yeah (laughs) i mean so yes this uh, is the first time one of our guests has beaten us here to the office this morning. Oh, that's David. true. He was yeah. here and none of us were. Oh, my oh were you late too? Uh, well, actually, he was a little early. I was right on time. I was mm-hmm. here about five minutes before sure. 10. Yep. And, well, I apologize. And that's very well, it's, it is chaos. So Sarah took the train into town. That makes Minneapolis sound so... You know, Cosmopolitan? It kind of does. Mm. You took the train into town. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then... Commute. 
Yeah. I commuted by train to I work did. day. And then I Boy, picked Sarah up this morning, and it is a shit show it downtown is. Minneapolis mm-hmm. right now. It, road like, construction. It, road construction. Amazing. Everywhere. Or building construction. And right. So... So anyways, here we go. Welcome, David. <laughs> so anyway. We're, I feel like we're going to just continually get lost in well, our own I, things. Well, I point. would like to start with your work because it's very exceptional. I think mm. it's very exceptional. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. So for the listeners who may not be familiar, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, Sure. So um, I work, I'm, I would, I'm a painter, and I work primarily with ink and watercolor. And then printmaking as well. So those are really the two areas that I've been involved with since I graduated from art school. Um, and uh, there's a crossover. The print I use kind of some printmaking techniques in my painting and then vice versa, um, kind of a painterly approach to printmaking. So back and forth. Um, I haven't for a while, but uh, also part of my body of work has been artist books, hand-printed books, working with text from uh, other writers. I use writing in my work as well. Sometimes excerpts written, kind of scrawled above the image, usually in conjunction with the drawing, not so much with the painting. Um, and that, so that's about it in terms of media. Um, description of the work, I, I, you know, I kind of like to hear about what other people <laughs> think about that. I mean, I think you can see definite categories to my work yeah. um, and themes. Uh, I find I can talk about that better if yeah. people kind of bring up an, yep. something in so, particular. So I've, I've, I know your work well. You know, I've seen it throughout the years here. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it, it's funny how to describe your work. And, and so I, I have a couple images pulled up right now. but And these are the, some of the images that I am very, well, I like quite a bit of them. But you've got the boxing series that I like. Um, but the cowboys mm-hmm. are the ones that really, uh, you know, resonate with me sometimes. Um, and and these are like, so they're they're images that are, you know, almost shadows, and and it seems like it's a still from a movie mm-hmm. is is what I always mm-hmm. think. Because then you've or got like some written text too in yes. it, right. and it's almost like. It's almost like I'm watching an old western, and and this is a still of it, and then and then I can almost I mean I read the dialogue, but I can almost hear it. Right. I mean, yeah. So so what I think is interesting, what I like is that, and I guess this is the question, you know, the dialogue that you say in it, you you know, you'll have a sentence or or a phrase, and it goes with the image, and it just completely con- you know it works in my head mm-hmm. in a okay. way like i yeah. feel like i'm watching something and this is you know a clip of something that keeps on moving oh good it's just, I, that's i i'd like to hear that kind of yeah. response that's good yeah mm-hmm. so very much in terms of technique how the imagery is sourced from watching movies mm-hmm. um contemporary old movies um in the beginning, I started, it was literally like a Polaroid off of a VCR mm-hmm. watching that. Now I can get more of a, you know, a screen capture. So did you, just a, you took a Polaroid off, yeah, the, yeah. off the TV? Right. Oh, wow. So yeah. in a way, that was kind of my early preliminary work, uh-huh. kind of investigating the scene. And looking very specifically at, um, a lot of times it's a solitary figure or mm-hmm. a, a bit of a landscape there. 
very much maybe watching a scene like five times over and watching how the character turns on the horse and something grabs me it's a compositional thing mm-hmm. so it starts with a photograph that's extracted you know from a movie gra- captured from a movie i like to say um then i'll i'll consider scale and size if i'm working on it frequently when i'm doing the westerns i work in series it'll be either uh, primarily on paper or sometimes I've, I've done larger ones on canvas. So I play with the scale, what's going to translate up. The writing um, always comes later, uh, always comes later. Um, and that comes from source material that I, I kind of an ongoing resource for me. I have these notebooks. Mm-hmm. I've had them for years where I'm writing down uh, bits of mo- movie dialogue, um, song lyrics, plays a lot into it. And let's see, the other aspect of that archive is um, bits of conversation, overheard conversation, that I write those things down. Hmm. And um, yeah, those would be the primary things. Um, And then, so when I have a a drawing that I'm happy with or something on canvas with an image that's exciting me, it has to be something, something is there. I'll go back and go through my notebooks and I'm looking for something to put in there and it's a really it's a really fun stage for me it's really exciting because uh, I realized that the beauty of the project is uh, at that point it becomes it can become more than it I don't really ever wanted it to be necessarily just about westerns Mm -hmm. or anybody's enjoyment predicated on them enjoying the genre of westerns I do but it became after I'd done them a while it, it it's like a vehicle for other things uh, especially in context with the writing so I think the writing can function on a number of levels it can be um, oh, a lot of times maybe in reference to kind of what you're saying can it's like inner dialogue that you're mm-hmm. hearing like the character might be you know hearing in his head it, it might be something Again, borrowing from cinema, like a, a narrative, a voiceover that's audible. Um, uh, one time I was giving a talk and a woman said something interesting. She said, well, what's going on here with this writing? She said, are you talking to us? Is, yeah. <laughs> is the drawing talking to you? Right. You know, um, and it, it kind of it made me realize, yes, it was kind of happening on all those levels. So I wanted it to function. Um, I, first of all, I wanted to I use a fair amount of it. There's humor in there, irony or something. Yes, That's fun. Is. I've always had a, you know, I like to work with my sense of humor. Um, so there's a, I think it can function on um, a successful one on a, on a number of levels. It can be a, almost like a caption. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be the internal dialogue. It can be kind of me musing or... In, in conversation with the subject matter or right. a dilemma or situation that's depicted. Um, but I think that what, what's fun is um, not knowing, not having a set piece of writing when I do the drawing. Uh, and sometimes I'll do the drawing again and use a different piece of writing to it. It seems like that's fair play within the, right. the realm of the project. Mm-hmm. So, right. so that writing can function on different levels. And what I've really, what I've been really gratified with is it can, it's still open to the viewer. They always people have their own interpretations on. People will tell me, "Wow, oh, that drawing really got me." Here's why, you know, my grandma's, you know, it's something. Well, that's what happens with them. That's what happens with me with them too. Mm. Yeah. So I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at this. You know, it, it's like a edge of a forest kind of scene. Maybe a maybe a parking lot, and then there's just the the basketball 
hope. hope one, yeah. Yeah, and it, and and at the top it says, "Personally, I regret everything," which I, I think I, I find that funny. Well, <laughs> but um, I mean, I can see how. So I'm the least educated on art in the room, I would say for sure. Um, Sarah's got a good background in art. Jim obviously does, and but like you've sort of demystified something for me because you're telling me that these beautiful scenes that you have, like, like not being this type of an artist in any way myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see works that people do, even Jim's stuff, I just sort of assume that, that you kind of have to have the image in your head mm-hmm. and then you have to like, in order for it to be, God, I mean, this is going to kind kind of, Sounds stupid, but remember, I'm a layperson in this regard, right? Sure. But it, but like, in order for it to be art, it has to be something conjured in your mind that you mm. couldn't take. You couldn't take something from a movie, have a visual, and then make art from that. But you've got you've got sort of found found images and found bits of words that you put together in this really beautiful way, and now yeah. it's art, right? And right. it's lovely i mean it's wonderful stuff yeah so uh, in that regard so when i came out of art school i was pursuing a real kind of freeform expressionistic style of painting kind of definitely influenced by what was going on and it, as i went along with it, it it wasn't that interesting to me it was interesting to me as a painter but i didn't think i was really saying anything and there was no grand plan to start working with photographs. I don't remember particularly wanting to do that because at that time people were painting photorealistically and I didn't want to do that. But when I started, and really I guess when I think about it, starting with the Westerns was the first time I worked specifically with something, a photographic reference. But I knew, um, A, I didn't want to paint photorealistically, but I realized that was a starting point. There was some information in there. And again, very much being, um, it helped, Jim, kind of in reference to what you're talking about, to start with silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some, a little more painterly stuff going on. Um, sometimes I work with color, but it's you know, a lot of times a monochromatic. Right. Uh, whether it's the, the westerns, the boxing, the, the hoops kind of spun off of that. They're kind of a weird hybrid. They're, they're very uh, cool, though. From the western, you know, it's kind of a solitary. And yeah. So the idea of there's something... Um, so I spent a lot of time in the research, the photos, uh, and more and more I'm working with my own photos, especially when I moved into the hoop series. But I consider it my photo, too, when I'm taking mm-hmm. the screen grab mm-hmm. off of the mm-hmm. thing. It's like I'm taking something from mm-hmm. the movie very consciously. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it's a way that I was aware, like, mm, what, what can I do? I, I guess long story was, uh, it, it seemed to me when I started to work with the Westerns, it happened to be through working through a photograph. But yeah. it had to, then to make it interesting and to make it um, something beyond just a, a replication of something, it had to come in the painting and it had to really come from my feeling. Right. It had to be a real... It's and as you. I, I didn't feel it, I didn't know, but I really had a, a really deep affection for these those movies to start with, the hoops, um, the they, boxing. They really kind of grabbed me. And yeah. So you know, one thing I realized, um, 
and I think this is legit, like coming out of art school, I probably spent 10 years, I don't think I had a show for almost 10 years. I was cycling through a lot of styles. Mm-hmm. I think that's good, mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. good. Yes. And I, I yep. allowed myself the time to do that. But the work, when it really started to hit, and then maybe coincidentally is when I started to have success and was showing, was when it, I started to do really personal things like right, i would not have allowed myself like you're gonna do what work right. from westerns with these you know i hadn't that wouldn't have been in my my wheelhouse of thinking and then when i stopped doing the westerns it was like well what am i gonna do now and i kept thinking about sports and it was like yeah who can you know people like, really you know, i mean what, you know what but then the, when, I, when i relaxed there's yeah. a whole other story behind that but it was like so i feel when i do good work it's i'm really relaxed and aware and, and it's personal mm-hmm. there's a personal response and there's a there's a personal reason for me dealing with the subject matter that leads to dealing with the imagery to seeing what i can i can do with it um, and then in terms of the writing, it's a little bit of me, you know, like there was a little part of me that always wanted to be a writer. So sure. I can manage to squeeze out a line, cobble together from a couple of things and well, put that in conjunction with the drawing. Mm-hmm. So that's a satisfying kind of level of it, too. Mm-hmm. But then it, 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 that's always been interesting to me um, that it can have a very different meaning to somebody else. Um, it can be ironic. It can be very sincere. It can be threatening. It can be. There's a layer to the moods. It, that's um, and that's what that's what you see. I mean, so I've got an image pulled up, and it's a it's a cowboy walking his horse, and it could be either summertime or it could be winter because the ground is white. But then up above it says, "You do hold on to your misery, don't you?" <laughs> and and <laughs> and I love it because. Because, you know, I'm looking at the figure and I'm like, God, do you know, is that guy or is he talking, or is to, he talking to me, <laughs> you know, right? and that's, that's the interesting, but then I also think of you, you know, yeah. I think of like, so you're talking you're, to myself too. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. well, I mean, this is what, it, you know, it, there's something very, um, you know, humanizing about mm-hmm. the word. Okay. Yeah. You know, that, that it has a universal, relatable. Uh, um, well, one, one, I've always liked a certain type of humor that has some satire in there. Um, so in that case, um, I love that line, and I love the image, and I truly love the tough guy, the imagery, you know. And yeah. There's a certain thrill to painting that and doing mm-hmm. that well, right? Mm-hmm. But then in that case, you go with something like that that kind of punctures the stereotype, the tough guy. Yep. There's, so and uh, when I got into the sports particularly, uh, I, what I was really interested in was I really started to think about um, – uh, you know, vulnerability, uh, mm-hmm. questions, doubts, you know, getting right. beyond the stereotype. But then you pair that with a, a kind of a very stereotypical, um, illustrative kind of an image. Mm-hmm. Where can where can that go? So it's a balance. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so this, mm-hmm. this basketball hoop, and, and what I love about the hoops is it's sort of, I'm not a basketball player, and but you see... Every small town, anywhere you go, yeah. there's a there's a piece of concrete with a hoop at either end, That's or right. maybe mm-hmm. just one. And when you do see, like sometimes you'll see just that one kid playing all by himself, just shooting baskets for hours on end because that's what he likes to do. And and right. so they've they've taken a lot of time and effort to put up this basketball, you know, court. 
and and it might just be for one kid's benefit. Right. Every every Friday afternoon, he plays for two hours or yeah. something, and they're always a little bit beat up like this. Yeah, the mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. I, I love them. I've been, you know, when I started doing that, taking pictures. Um, it was I wasn't so interested in the players on the court. I've done a few, but it is the salt, the salt, the nature of the the hoop and the environment and the mm-hmm. neighborhood that it's in. And then I see the history of the thing. And I remember as a boy, a terrible basketball player, but just it was an activity. Right. And the record of that that's on the backboard. I, you know, mm-hmm. there's stories, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. what what had been before and what what kind of came after. Right. Um, and they're very not really what would you not really anthro. There's, yeah, right. They're, I, they're almost like a personage, I guess. The hoops, yep. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there was a brief phase where I was doing those, and I was posting the paintings, and um, people, even from around the world, were sending me pictures. And I have a nice. That's so cool. Hey, this you might want to paint this one. Yeah. yeah. So the, really, <laughs> it's really just nice. a basketball hoop. I know. I know. So. Well, and then, sorry to interrupt, but then this one has the sort of ominous yet funny uh, Burns, Burnsville girls don't tell. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what that means. <laughs> well, I'll meet you at the courts, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what I'm. T- uh, it's sort of sinister. Yeah, right. That that happened in Crystal Girls Don't Tell. You. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Crystal. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's a yeah take off of a line from a Spoon song. I mean, I put. Burnsville in there there's something about oh girls don't tell yeah, yeah yeah I, I you know, know what you're talking about I know right. the song yeah, right. yeah. I forget no, I, I particularly like that one because A there's no girl there but no she's there right yeah it just it's a it, so the the kind of well-worn basketball hoop and the fact that it says Burnsville <laughs> girls don't tell over it is sort of like a, it captures a very brief period in your kind of late adolescence mm. where yeah. where that means something you know like I you're think, just you're yeah. hanging out and i'm kind of perpetually kind of stuck there in some ways <laughs> sure. so, so I mean, I <laughs> there is yeah. the, a certain mindset of my work <laughs> well it's i mean really it's there <laughs> but it's fun you know it is uh, yeah. fun and and so but the hoop too also is this sort of solidarity type of thing that you know it just um you know like you're it's just very alone. stoic yeah, yeah it's stoic. very stoic yeah, yeah. yeah. stoic and and you know it's I, kind hoping of is is a place where you know if you need to get away you can go and just mm-hmm. shoot some hoops um it, that's it right yeah reminds yeah, me a little bit of like uh <laughs> like pete's dragon or something like like you can tell someone has loved this thing a lot, yeah. but it almost yeah. always looks lonely. Right. Like it always, uh, almost always yeah. looks like it's got, it, it hasn't, it's been neglected for a very long time, mm. but, but, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Odd. Mm. I love it. They just love put it. a hoop in right behind the building, by the way. Did they? Yeah. In and the, I've been meaning to bring a basketball, but it's, it's on the verge of winter. So I'm like, oh, oh you know, mm. but summertime. We can go and hoop. Now. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I'm okay. kind of excited oh, about you and that. Sam? It, it's good. Yeah. Well, oh, well, you too, Sarah. Oh, because I'm you, terrible. You, well, so, <laughs> so, so am I. <laughs> so, in the, you know, in all the years at camp, we had a, a solitary. It's, we didn't have two hoops, we had one well, okay. basket. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a half court or whatever. And it was a clay, it was a clay court because they didn't want to put down. Concrete, oh, sure. and it looks a lot like this, and it, you know the thing had been there forever. But uh, it, when when you spend a lot of time around, you know, 
kids at, at the camp. And there, there's these points in, in a day where, or in the course of a summer where you've just got nothing scheduled. You've got an hour before something else starts or before dinner happens. And you're just looking at the kids Yeah, and they might be getting after each other a little bit. And you say like, okay, that's it. Let's yeah. go play lightning. And I don't know if you know the game lightning, but mm. um, it's great with kids. And I just, I, it reminds me of all these really fun times I had with kids too playing right. shooting hoops yeah and I think the hoop thing I mean it's not it, it gets removed from basketball and even people that you know uh, in in some respect I saw them they're kind of like I remember as a kid too kind of like a repository of your hopes and your dreams and then you're playing a horse and you're playing and so mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. more mm-hmm. you know it's not really related to the game of basketball mm-hmm. but the activity of mm-hmm. shooting hoops and when and where mm-hmm. in all weather yeah, yes. uh, you know it, it has this notion of that. Um, yeah, I mean, if this was in a in a you know stadium or something, and it was, it'd right. be a whole different thing. These are outdoor. Yeah, and hoops. then kind of the Burns were a little bit of that. There's some I don't know what the hell really, but I mean, there's the notion of kind of trash talking and totally, you know yep. what I mean? yeah. so camaraderie. You, think you and, hear yeah. that on the yeah. on the playgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, well, it, the, it, the court by my house is where all the kids go. You know, yeah. our kids will, you know, the kids, we have a revolving door at my house of kids. And, um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I know when they're going to the park, they're smoking weed. They're hitting, the, they're going to, you know, no they're going to, they're Do talking they a lot a of shit. Do they bring a basketball? They're, they always bring a basketball. Okay. Sure. They're not working for their D1 scholarship. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> well, Jimmy. Some of them, well, some of them did, and, but he yeah. didn't get it. So oh. that's kind of, but anyways, but yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's horrible, right? <laughs> nah, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. Okay. Um, Jim always yes. worries about, about retribution, re- <laughs> recompense for his great. wrong actions on our show. No one cares, Jim. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> You're a nice right. guy. <laughs> so Anyways, you grew up I'm... in uh, <laughs> you grew up in Montana. I did. Correct. Yeah, I did. So does that inform a lot of the Western, the cowboy? Yeah. Is culture? this you? I, I, think, I didn't yeah, know that. You. I, know, I didn't know, know I, you grew I, up in Montana. So. Yeah, very very small town called Shoto, Montana. It's kind of north central part of the state. Very small town, about twelve hundred people. Mm. Um, quite isolated. Yeah, uh, beautiful part of the country. Um, Farm country, flat land, and then 20 miles to the west, the mountains just shoot up. Oh, uh, so foothills so, are... Yeah, it's very beautiful. So I, I, went, I think that's really influenced my work. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, well, now that you say um, that, I mean, that, that's... Yeah, so the images. sense of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they call it the big sky, and it really, mm-hmm. if you've been there, if you stand there, it's, it's just improbable, the, the dome of the sky over mm-hmm. you. Um, I really, and I started to reflect on that after I moved to Minneapolis and went to art school. When I'd go home, I'd really notice that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really just kind of remembering growing up a very uh, intense inner life as a child. Mm-hmm. Grew up in a, in a big family, but uh, it was a very small town. And just very intense inner life imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all kind of started to tie together. We had a little, there was a little movie theater on Main Street that uh, was just fascinating to me just to go to see movies. It was, you know, um, and I, I did see the Westerns. This would have been in the, in the 70s, so I would okay. see them on the screen there. And I loved the Westerns at the time. Um, I didn't really want anything to do with the cowboy culture per se, like the cowboys at school, you know. Mm-hmm. I was, 
Because there were cowboys yeah, at school. Yeah, you know, and it was later when I really got into, like, I mean, that was a golden era for country music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, like, not a, not for me. I was, you know, mm-hmm. listening to Lario Speedwagon or something, you know. Right. Uh, but right. later I came back to that, you uh-huh. know, and really did, got into country music. Though. Um, did you come to Minneapolis for art school? I did. So I went two years at Montana State, just kind of a general, get my footing, and then I came here to go to the art school. Um, and I, I, knew, I always knew I was going to be an artist. And my parents were fantastic, nine kids, and we all went to college. They somehow got us all to school. Wow, wow. So, and I couldn't wait to come to the city. It was um, just, when I moved here, I, it seemed like New York City. Or mm-hmm. so. It was just yeah. just incredible. It was, it was everything I had imagined in my head, you know. It really was, and more. So, so you went to MCAD. And, and did, you, did you visit MCAD prior to you know actually enrolling uh, I, I think i had i'd been back with my parents here they yeah my, my younger brother was having some medical procedures and we'd been out and visited so i think i'd been on the campus campus maybe i i, I didn't know a lot about it at that i remember so two years at montana state and i was going to go to art school from there and i re, and i applied to three art schools i really wanted to go to california I had the dream of california oh, yeah. but yeah. i got into amcat cuz it, it was a good financial package and yep. and it was good and i had a great experience there yeah and have stayed stayed uh, stayed in minnesota, stayed in minnesota yeah. what did you study at amcat what was your oh okay that's good team? sarah because it really um, i think it's it's really visible in the work so i was kind of in, an in between guy i was um, in um, Illustration. I thought I would finish in the illustration program. I wanted to be an illustrator. Mm-hmm. I didn't really at that point see myself as a painter, I, but I, I loved illustration. At that time, there was still a fair amount of print and you know work available for that. I liked it, so right. I was majoring in that. And then in my uh, probably my junior, year, I switched to fine arts. I, I could just see, uh, well, I was having trouble. I didn't really fit. I would be in the illustration and I'd bring in something and they'd say, that's really great, but it's too arty. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> in the painting class, they go, yeah, Ralph, you're a pretty good painter, but you know, it's kind of illustration-y. Yeah. You know? And, and, um, you just didn't fit. And at that or time, it mattered. And I was, you know, it really doesn't matter now. I, you know, in, I'm talking in terms of fine art painting. Yeah. You see a lot of illustrative graphic right. work. It's great. It's kind of mm-hmm. blown on. But when I graduated in 1982, no, that was not really. So you forged I mean, there path. would have been, yeah, well, other people were coming along. But, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was how I learned. It was how I really studied and fell in love with painting was through uh, illustrations uh, pictures in life magazine again going back to growing up in this town I, I don't think i was in a museum until i was like 18 years old or something you know right so studying reproductions uh even at montana state you know i'm pouring over reproductions of picasso and, and the great painters and falling in love with painting and the history of painting but it was through small reproductions yeah uh, and I, I think that influenced that were in books yeah and yeah. then at the same time i was i loved mad magazine and i had a notion to be a cartoonist too and i liked humor and, and i'd been i was a terrible student but i was you know rewarded for you know drawing cartoons and so you know you take that <laughs> so so yeah it was kind of so i was an illustration and the fine art and then throughout all that i really fell in love with printmaking and mm-hmm. that, i i I had no conception of that when I started. They had a good program at Montana State, but I really got into it in um, 
MCAD. So we're talking about primarily lithography and etching and relief printing. Loved it. Just loved it. I love that physical nature, nature the stages that you go through. So, so then by, so by my senior year in MCAT, I was in technically the, um, a fine art major with pr heavy influence, uh, uh, emphasis in printmaking. And, and so that's how I finished up. So. Right. Yeah. Jim Jim so took like one art class. Was, Jim, yeah, what was your major again? I, oh, I, it's exactly the same oh, as yours oh. actually. So yeah. I well, a little bit. So I I started MCAD as a fine artist and then and then after a year I was like I, well, then I was like, oh, I need to get a job. So I Ooh. I switched to illustration, which I loved, but oh. it was the same thing. So I would come to illustration class with these huge illustrations that were oil stick, you know, and oh, I'd wow. be like, yeah. You know, same thing. It's like, well, those are really big, you know? And I'd be like, yeah. And then I went to painting class and painted with an oil stick. And they're like, well, that's illustration, you know? That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> trying to beat ultimately, you down. I'll tell you, ultimately, I graduated MCAD and, uh, and got a studio right away, actually, with uh, Sarah Wooster, mm, like yes. that same year. And then um, I started working for Apropos, which is a full finishing uh, place and we would do murals and then I thought oh, I'll just start painting with you know in the studio and then start painting uh, so I love it you it's know. a journey Wonderful. right yeah it, it is a, a journey, journey. Yeah. it is I it like is. what you said about having to have gone through that many years of figuring out what you liked and what you didn't like to inform where you are today yes and don't I'm you, still some, lost yeah well <laughs> 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 I think it's we important for, that, <laughs> for people, yeah. it's good for to, be lost, yeah. people it, it, to know yeah. that. It it's is a, good to be lost. Yeah. Right. We're every day, is, lost, every day yeah. I, I, is a possibility yeah. of uh, yeah. some success. So. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like I could sometimes get more lost. I mean, at this yeah. point, you know, I had the career going. and But I don't know. It's kind of interesting, too. I have my areas i have my subjects and i kind of go back in and dip out of them and mm -hmm. i'm not going to reinvent the wheel but there's enough there to make this career and this life and and the main thing is i'm just still so so in love with the thing excuse Wait. me oh. 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 oh well this, this i guarantee you that's we'll take a break right now yeah we'll take a little, break. i tell you that's all i get that, oh so <laughs> <laughs> spam callers fraud <laughs> risk fraud risk <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we yeah. Let's take our little break. Okay. okay. And, and we will all right, come, come back. back and and what were discussion. we? Yeah. We'll we'll get back to the same conversation. Yes. All right. Right. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first of its kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. 
unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. you guys all right we're back <laughs> we are. so what is the before i oh, forget this Sarah's jumping right in well it, well because we were talking i barely get to talk <laughs> plus so it's right. not like they forgot about us on the break mm. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot what uh, was going on what is the condition called where people are nervous in front of big expanses of an environment do you know what i'm talking about i know mm. <laughs> scared really i there's a there's an actual condition where you know we were talking about you growing up in Montana and how the big yeah. sky country and it's this big just expanse and you're talking oh. about your wife going to Montana there is something new again oh. we don't we don't you know use facts on this podcast no well sometimes we look sometimes we look so fear of wide open spaces yes. 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 it's a, it's agoraphobia That's yeah so so I always think of agoraphobia as you stay inside. I didn't know it was that you stayed inside because you had a fear of the vastness of... Is that in the definition? Yeah, yeah. so the fear of open spaces, also referred to as agoraphobia, is defined as a form of anxiety disorder that causes an abnormal fear of open spaces, crowded public spaces, mm-hmm. or leaving a safe location. Okay, okay. well, yeah. at any rate. Yeah, yeah. Well, David, you don't have that fear. <laughs> no, Montana you would know, not be a great place so, to live if you huh. did. <laughs> so here's something I was thinking about as I was walking a moment ago. So we were talking with uh, Lana Luger, and she was from the White Page Gallery. Um, she was in recently, and we were talking about, you know, the image and, and what a false image is. And, and the fact that, you know, we're so used to looking digitally on our phones at images. Um, but I was thinking about your work, and what's interesting is that your work works even as it's reduced down oh. into these small images. I mean, even as we're sitting here, like, you know, the scale of it, it's the image, it's the subject matter and the text all together that, you know, still stimulate everything. For me, okay. you know, even yeah. though you know, I'm looking at like a one inch by one inch wow. image yeah. of your work, and and that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. what we were talking about earlier is that you know I'm a bit numb sort of to other work. You know, there's a lot of art that I see in installations, and I kind of it scrolls through, you know, on my mm-hmm. treadmill basically, mm-hmm. and I'll screenshot things and and keep it and say, oh, I'll look at it later, but I never do. Yeah. You know, it just it just yeah. accumulates on my phone. But um but these images, you know, with the text still work in this sort of new mm. environment. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I um I think my work has always benefited by 
um, reproduction like that. And Jim, think, uh, that goes back to the illustration thing. Do you remember yeah. where you studied illustration? Yeah. You do pieces at scale, like, right. and then it would scale down. Yeah. You did it so that it was right. photographed. Right, so that it could go in a magazine. So uh, I think that, that, that kind of clean punch and graphic kind of, there's a certain kind of, there's some looseness, but there's some tightness to my work. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of comes from that. But it, the work does. I'm I, I, I'm I'm happy to see it too. It does hold up very small on scale. Yeah. And thinking a lot about like how you're right that it, that is really primary how work is experienced now. I mean, one thing galleries will tell you now it's really it, this is a big change. Um, is actually physically getting people in. It's not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Even their best collectors, to physically get them in to experience a show. Mm-hmm. Still, I think it's it's the primary experience as a painter that you want your work to be seen. Yeah, because the tactileness of yeah. it. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it does matter in some respects how your work comes across, you know, maybe in terms of sales or something. But I just think in, in terms of enjoyment, my work really can be... Yeah, I mean, it fits. It works in a very, very small... And how, and we were talking about this, how big is your, how big does your work get? Yeah, okay. Do you Um, keep it a... Not not huge. Uh, So here would be some general kind of notions. Um, The Western work could be 12 by 9, small, to maybe um, another watercolor size I like would be around 22 by 28. Okay. And my my largest pieces um, would be on paper, <coughs> excuse me, um, 44 by 68. Mm-hmm. That's probably about as big as mm-hmm. I've worked. Now, that seems like an enormous piece yeah. to me. It's not that big. Right. But again, I think it's the scale of kind of, and it took me a while to work bigger. I remember at one point my gallery was saying, you should work bigger, you know, more money. And it was like, um <laughs> yeah that's great and I, I did want to work bigger but it was for just to be able to do a successful painting big because I, I just you know the impact of standing up in front of a, a really, right. it just has a nice thing I think a very small piece can have mm-hmm. just as much strength or essence right. you know wow. it is a matter of scale as opposed to size like you know right. but um, so when I did start to work a little bigger, it was more than just trying to blow up a photograph mm-hmm. to make it bigger. So I've just gradually kind of worked my way up, but I would say 44 by 68 would be... A big not not far me. off of the size of those largest yeah, of Jim's um, paintings. And usually when I go big like that, I almost, I, I, uh, almost always there's a horizontal element to my mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. and I think it does go back to that... Crazy yeah. kind of the hor- the the landscape kind the of plane. thing. The mm-hmm. yeah. plane, yeah. Which you know, I d- didn't realize how that it really kind of, I don't know the words for it, but it, you know, had an impression on my psyche growing yeah. up with this. Well, space it, it is over there. your the work landscape. breathes, you yeah. know, and that that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's also it's, you know, you've got your subject matter in there, but the but the subject matter also is the space around uh-huh. it. The space you know? around it, yeah, and yeah. And and then when I moved, when I did the boxing paintings, it was almost graphically reverse. You have a, a very large um, black expanse and a little bit of light and the activity and the figures in the middle. Um, but it had, I think one thing that shared was, and I've kind of been interested, I have been interested in this, there's a certain kind of theatricality in my work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something is happening, I'm kind of doing a performance. I feel that way. The way that I work with watercolor and ink, it's fairly spontaneous. There's a certain kind of methodology and techniques, and it's there's a bit of performance in it. Um, right. And I think that comes out in in um, 
in the execution of the piece. Um, but I think in the general feel or the mood or the read of a certain piece, there's a certain kind of theatrical... Um, a, mo- a moment? Yeah. Uh, a, bit of, yeah. a bit of a narrative. Um, I kind of gravitate towards not like full-on... Like you were talking about the hoop, kind of sideways storytelling narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember talking about the westerns and I, I realized I was interested when I was gathering that source material it was kind of the moments right before or after something pivotal happened mm-hmm. I wasn't gravitated to the big shoot up it was That's like what ha- yeah what happened yeah. before or after the, uh-huh. you know was turning the, the turning of the head they're walking away those moments the of conversation yeah kind of the here and there yeah, yeah. so uh-huh. that kind of thing so because because it's watercolor and, and you know I, I don't know the process, but like Jim, when he does these oil works, they, he can he can be working on them for quite some time, mm, yeah. uh, and it's kind of a long process to get them done. But because it's ink and watercolor, are you saying that it it takes to the page really quickly, and you kind of have to get get through yeah, it? Yeah, just a lot of preparation, um, mm-hmm. and then it, it either kind of happens or it doesn't. That was the relief when I finally settled on doing it because I would. I loved, uh, as a lot of painters, it, oil painting is so seductive, but you can just yeah. stay in there. I mean, it'd be like three weeks. It's like, come on, you're scraping the guy's face out again. You know, <laughs> on and on it goes. Right. So with ink and watercolor, it, something kind of definitive has to happen, and you really can't fudge it too much. No. Even if you're throwing the paint around, there's a certain kind of discipline to it. So I liked it. There was there was a time frame. So what happens is, um, I'll, even if I'm working on a canvas, there's a lot of prep work, and boom, boom, boom. The actual painting might happen literally in an hour. And if it doesn't happen and it doesn't dry down, you just do it again. Right. So, but so I think it's the intention, being in the right headspace, being really having some real conviction about um, the image that I want to paint. Maybe not sure, probably certainly not sure of the motive, but being really sure. That this image, uh, there's something there for me to paint, and, and and I should paint it. And so, so these works that I'm looking at, they granted, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the hour, right? Yes. But uh, they might materialize in the, over the course of an hour. Yeah, yeah, physically, yeah, on the yeah. paper, the camera. Isn't that that's yeah. amazing yeah. to me because they're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're beautiful. Well, and the, the, part of it, it's beautiful. The beautiful thing about ink and watercolor is that. I'm using masking. You can see areas that are kind of confined and very concise. And then it's a combination of the water and the pigment. On the, it's wonderful. And it watches and you can manipulate it and, then it. and then it dries down. So there's a timeline to how it happens. It's a real active medium. It's really fun. Yeah. Really fun. yeah. You know, and, and ironically or not, it's just the fact of it is still, I believe, they don't teach watercolor and ink painting in art school. No. They don't. I mean, it was kind of very much a secondary yeah. kind of Sunday painter medium, uh, really. Or They don't think yeah, it's serious enough? I, yeah, I think there was a notion that, uh, that it, it's preparatory work, uh, and historically that was true. <coughs> the people that were doing the, the paintings the big painters you know they did watercolor sketches which i always was attracted to they had a spontaneity to them that maybe the big painting you know so i liked it so it was not my intention but that's been one unusual thing about my career is to really th- to make that my primary medium watercolor and ink and then uh, somebody said there's a little bit of um one thing that she found interesting was that i'm it, it can it, there's some um, 
associations with watercolor of again Sunday painting and little dabs of color and, and then to work with it kind of aggressively mm-hmm. and work right. with mm-hmm. these guy things mm-hmm. and just kind of work yeah. with it push yeah. it yep and uh that's that's I, I can see that yeah, yeah. yeah. well yeah. Yeah, yeah like the tough guy all uh-huh. this stuff in these and he's a watercolor but but you know there's this sort of experiment I mean there's a chance there's discovery i mean it's so fluid mm, yes. you know yeah i mean it's just um but then there's like that map part of you know it's very much like an early photo it looks like a photograph too it there's does. a photographic yeah. quality mm-hmm. to it you know that looks like, like early days like an old postcard even uh-huh. you know sometimes uh, you know? they do yeah i mean sometimes people say is that a photograph and i, I could see why they'd ask that too and then some people have said, yeah, but it's kind of felt, it, it, it's, it has, the painting is, is, is weirdly kind of 1950s, 60s yeah. uh, illustration kind of. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think that's probably what I was looking at when I was growing up and that style. Exactly. Yeah. And the way, very much, I'm sure illustration is much, taught much differently now, but it was the way that I was taught illustration, yeah. oh. how to, you know, translate right. a... Uh, a line drawing down from a photograph with an autograph and then build yes. it, you know, kind of yeah. workmanlike and right. build it up yep. kind of a thing. I don't um, think that even exists at MCAT anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's different, yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, growing up in Elk River, like art was sort of a, I, it makes me wish that I had appreciated my, the few art teachers that ventured into that part of the world and, you know, stuck it out because, it certainly wasn't an art friendly community in a certain way. And and it's not that they're bad people. It's not that people grew up growing up in Elk River. Didn't, you know, they they didn't do this consciously, but it was sort of like arts, arts for other people. That's Mm. not for us. We have work to do. Yeah. You know, uh, it makes me wish that I had gotten into this because I, I mean, looking at this stuff, uh, when I hunt, I don't, the killing isn't really the thing. It's the sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I, and I sort of see my, it like when there's, when there's not a duck in sight or there's not a deer in sight and you're just looking at the landscape and it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and the, you know, you've just, you've gotten out there before the sun rises and then the sun's coming up and it plays off the lake or it plays off the trees and the leaves a little bit. Like I kind of Mm. see that world in watercolor, but I wouldn't know how to reproduce it. (laughs) Well, there's an app for that. (laughs) There is. Scarily good. You you put your photo in there, it converts it to a watercolor. Uh, Really? Yeah, Yeah, of course. Of course. Scarily good. Yeah, no, it would be cheating. (laughs) (laughs) It I mean, does make me wish. You know, it, yeah. part of the thing for like, because I do kind of work in series or something is, uh, and because photography, my photography has come a big part of the preliminary stage. So I go out and I just have a, I have a good camera. I'm not like looking for the greatest photo, right? Because I'm going to make a, a painting. Mm-hmm. So um, it's being really open to, first of all, trusting the, the impulse that this, go shoot that. That might be a series. Well, maybe not. Maybe it is. Uh, an example would be uh, I was attracted to, didn't know anything about uh, demolition derbies, the cars. I have a whole series yeah. of yep. the cars. Yep. thought that'd be interesting. Um, so I started to go to the county fairs around Minnesota. and The derby, not interesting at all to me. The guys in the trucks beforehand and the pits and the women the working on the truck, that, that was fantastic. Yeah. And then I, so I ended up taking these portraits of the vehicles from the side and I did some large paintings from those and 
some word things like that. So it was okay. What I, I wouldn't been aware when I started that. I thought maybe the event. You know, I thought there'll be something pictorial in the act in the actual derby, and it didn't. You know, so. But I was open to the experience, mm-hmm. and I kept going back and, and mm-hmm. seeing these guys, and I'd meet them next week. They'd come, and the thing had been cut, and you know, it was a, right. their, their story of how they were and their love of these vehicles. Um, and again, I, I, it's like the hoops, the, 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 the old cars in the track. They very much have a personality mm-hmm. yep. that's there that I can define or play with by adding words uh, and just by the uh, commitment to make a painting of something like that. Mm-hmm. If I go through and I do it, do it well, it will kind of come alive. Yeah. I think that's with everything I do. If I can um, make it come alive somehow. And the nice thing is, again, probably a lot to do with working in those mediums is it's a lot about surprise. Yeah. But but just being open to the moment, mm-hmm. kind of, Sam, what you're talking about, like being in the tree. And now, I mean, I've got to a point where I'll, I'll go somewhere like, hey, I'm going to go to this high school football game, which I love yeah. going to. Like, I might, you know, before I'd be like, I got to get, I want to get some great shots, material. Now I can go and just enjoy the game and the not moment. take a picture. Yeah. yeah. So that's been nice too. And then out of that, I might get a picture when I'm walking out. You know, mm-hmm. are you always so, prepared to kind of capture that image if you find it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. if if I'm going into a situation to take pictures or think about that, mm-hmm. or sometimes it might be something I'm finding a research something on the internet. You know, some pictorial thing that I want to work with. So there's some intention. Usually things uh, kind of percolate quite a while before I'll actually start a series of them. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll keep a notebooks going and just in conversation with people or something will come up. Uh, I think as a painter, you know, as I've gone along, it's like I have a certain skill set and a certain level of ability here, but how to make it interesting to myself and, and to viewers, that's that's the challenge as I go forward, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good. I can honestly say that, I mean, it kind of has come and gone here and there, but I just still really much in love with painting. Yeah. And I love being in, it's a voc- it feels like a vocation very much. Um, and again, when I started, I had no intention, uh, no inclination that I would, couldn't make a living at it and have a career in it. But um, I always thought it was, thought of it as a vocation, something you really devoted yourself to. And I felt honored that I'd had some ability and that I had that kind of focus. I didn't really ever want to do anything else. Mm-hmm. So... Well, even you shouldn't. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Yeah, stuff. I was going to say those football, the, the football ones. I so I love those ones uh, too. And and those. So with Amber's two boys, they were football kids. So the last five years of my life have been Friday Night Lights. Oh, sure. You know, love and in 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 snow, rain, mm-hmm. everything, right? And um, but those images that you do of the of the football the. Uh, you know, it it you know they're a bit like a memory for me. Mm. You know, of sitting in the stands. Some some of them, you know, depending on the the depiction. You know, yeah. But it's a little bit like a memory. It's a little bit like a dream. I think you so. know, for me too, Jim. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so I I love that sort of like, you know, once again, it's like a moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's so interesting too because these images work scaled down yeah. into our phone, which is yeah. You know how a lot of people view things right, right now. Oh, well, sure. let's uh, let's get to sort of the nuts and bolts of some things that I <laughs> I want to know as a non-artist, <laughs> because we've been so fortunate to have 
such great artists come in and you know great artists i i don't know i'm i'm finding a lot more appreciation for a lot of different art these days uh thanks to hanging out with jim and and having people come in but uh roughly how many works have you done in your lifetime i'm just curious oh boy i I really couldn't hardly say Mm. couldn't hardly say i mean okay if i say if i look over the last 30 years professional Mm -hmm. life um finished pieces i okay um probably you know 20 30 a year sometimes less Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. depends you know what i'm showing where i'm showing but so i don't know i don't I, I don't count. No, like, of course uh, not. Um, I'm just yeah. sort of like, do you have do you have stores of paintings like Jim does that that kind of never see? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I imagine every artist does. Yeah. I, I would assume. No, they do. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Things and um, preliminary thing. There's things that I keep just that I, I want to hang on to that yeah. came at a certain time that seems important to me. It's interesting now. So my website's just, I let it go down. I had a nice one. It just went down and other things. I've been using Instagram. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to uh, get a, a new website going. I'm really excited about that. But instead, I was looking at yours a lot, Jim. Yeah. So, But it's interesting. I'm 62 years old. I've been doing this professionally for about 35 years. Mm-hmm. So this is a really interesting... Um, venture here and i'm in discussion with a lot of people and just taking in like what can this look like here because it's a way to me to kind of archive uh i haven't been too worried about it in the past i'd always say "Eh, go look on the web gallery website or something but this is a way to kind of document um uh it's like how far do i want to go category Mm -hmm. categorizing these things but what's been interesting getting prepared to go to the web designer is just kind of looking at these things in Kind of a non-linear way, right? Pulling them up, mm-hmm. not a very disorganized. Um, well, in, you're, in my dis- you're an artist, in right? my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about like talking, like looking yeah. at the reproductions and pulling them across the screen. And um, I gave a talk at Gustavus a couple of weeks ago, and I had a thumb drive, and I thought it was. Um, kind of a sequential career thing but it wasn't it was everything but it was a great it was an interesting <laughs> i loved it it was I'm great sure. yeah here was a boxing here was a western right uh, but it kind of made sense yeah uh-huh. you know yeah in a way that sometimes i wonder does it you know um i think it's just um so that's going to be interesting to me like because um to really go into this and and, and uh not just to like I got I got to have a website, but this is like hey, this could be good. I should have a website. What can it be? Right, right. You know, I'm thinking about doing a little, maybe some writing. Um, I'd love to write about other people's work. So there's an element. Maybe I'll have a blog in there, but it's kind of be an archival thing of going back through all this painting and uh, putting it out there. And um, you know, functions on a lot of levels. You know, obviously it'd be you know, self promotion and yeah. you know, furthering my career. Well, and and it, it it is interesting because this is well, we talk a lot about legacy too. We you do. Know? Well, we're a legacy company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, legacy building company. But um, you know, looking at the early works, you know, and and what how those inform the current work. I mean, I mm-hmm. always think that there's something that's this intertwined sort of journey i think so yeah it's it's really instructive to go back and look at the Mm -hmm. early work sometimes and then try and kind of more when i do that now it's just i kind of try and experience it trying try and chase it like wow that was really good what made it good but 
just like in the whole scope of the whole run of this thing like um i i can see why it was um why why i still think it's a good piece and mm-hmm. so that that's a reference to go ahead a lot of time it's a, kind of a technical thing like that was a really it was a great scale it was a great crop on the image that mm-hmm. kind of thing but then um, especially in terms of the writing the tone of the writing um, i've gone through i've had shows where i felt like mm, the writing wasn't quite there or sure. I, I don't know but then that can change I'll, uh, 10 years later i'll say that was that was perfect that right. was right on yeah. but it's fine that it's slippery that way because it probably is for anybody else that's looking at it critiquing is so a couple hard minutes to look at it like what yeah. the hell is he doing you know well, so, I, I look at all this and, and so, you know, being around Jim's work and, and having now stolen several pieces for myself and having them. So, so for those that, yeah, I mean, this is an art studio. It's our office. It's everything, yeah, right? Yeah. And people just walk in and take work from me. So. <laughs> That's not That's totally right. true. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. It's true. no but i i like i sort of can't help myself you know we do construction as well and i i i can i concern myself or i am concerned for the emotional well-being of inanimate objects and so when i look at these paintings i think they only ever wanted to be viewed and to be someone's they you know they they really did and i also feel bad I feel bad for homes and and the children growing up in those homes who don't who don't have a mm. piece of art. Oh, yeah, access oh. or yeah. I mean, I I only ever had uh, you know like kind of a shitty Georgia O'Keeffe you know poster that was put in a behind glass or something in my home. Just, we just yeah. didn't have a lot of art. Yeah. And and sorry, ma. But, you know, but, but now that I get to spend time around art and I think of the value of just what, what my kids see in having Jim's work in their room, Mm, you know, granted stolen, but, uh, (laughs) but Elk River legacy. (laughs) (laughs) He knew. (laughs) No, but, uh, just, just, just knowing that they get to grow up around it's very I think it's very important. Mm. It is. And I also think that those pieces and you know these pieces sort of em- emote some sort of sadness to me mm. and I want them to be mm. somewhere and I wonder so the reason I was asking about how many pieces you've done is I I think that there are probably probably in our listenership since we do a lot of artists and stuff there are probably more people who've spent a lot of time around art. I get that. But if you aren't how does how do we get people to access stuff like this yeah. when it's all kind of this world mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily yeah. fit with them. True, true. I mean, that is you know, one of the things. I mean, um, it's, yeah, I mean, I, uh, it's one reason I, I'm interested in printmaking, mm-hmm. even though those are limited edition prints, but I always like the idea of people like Degas, Rembrandt, they looked at it as um, it's a little more democratic people it was, it was more affordable and mm-hmm. still is for me so so the additions i've done some a lot of nice work with uh, high point fantastic mm-hmm. but those things are available in an addition so instead of one there mm-hmm. might be 25 yeah so, fine so yeah. that accessibility um thing too you know i think about that too it was one of the reasons i really liked the idea of doing illustrations um is the 
the broader kind of a public access to it too. And one thing I've done, which I really like, um, I've been lucky because there's an illustrative nature to my work. I get outside commissions and work. Mm-hmm. So I've done some projects with Nike after I did oh, the high school football. Right. Yep. That was cool. I mean, they, they, they blew them up. They were on banners and stores. So it was awesome. a great way to public for the work. Um, I've done, I got some sports commissions through a, uh, an outfit called Sports in the Art. I did some paintings for the Viking Stadium. It was great. You know, it's out, outside of the gallery realm, that kind yeah. of commission. Um, I've done some posters for the Black Keys. They approached me, the rock oh. band. So those things are fun. Wow. Yeah. T-shirts, yeah. T-shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, done you know, some of that. We've and and about. maybe more, maybe more as they go ahead. Um, I've never done like uh, a print poster kind right. of store. That might happen with mm-hmm. this body of work that's been out for a right. while, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I like that idea too. Like, um, Yeah, I mean, we, my, my friend Dave Witt has done a little bit of work for us, and he's an illustrator. Um, really nice guy, does great work. And, and we bought a few... Uh, I guess they're prints, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. they're they're numbered prints, and and one of them it's a uh, it's a bunch of unicorns, and my my daughter loves unicorns, <laughs> and it's a great piece of art. And uh, but we had it framed, and it was not cheap mm-hmm. to get that thing framed. But mm-hmm. I'm so happy that I've got this actual nice piece of art mm-hmm. there. And original I, art, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's original stuff. And you I know, whether I, it's a kid, you know, or your friend's kid, or something. Right. The intention of hanging something. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by that. Super important. So I I have a question. Uh, You know, like growing up, you said, I know you hadn't visited a museum until you were 18. Probably 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably same as me. Right. You know, but I just lived in Crystal, but, you know, coming to the city was still a big deal. I didn't go to the museum. So you had too much BMX and. And yeah, I was I was way obsessed with BMX and oh, sure. you know yeah. everything else that goes along with it. You know, <laughs> little Jimmy's life. At the hoop. Anyways, um, did you grow up like with? Did your parents have art, or was there art in your house uh, or craft? Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Um, uh, my dad was a science teacher, so he they were wonderful parents. Um, just really open, very open minded. Growing up in this little town, they were just fantastic role models. My mom, very soulful person, very musical. Yeah. A lot of musical talent in her family. Um, she probably could have gone. I think she briefly did go to a conservatory. I mean, but it yeah. wasn't in her cards, you know. But we had a grand piano in the middle of this little house all growing up. Awesome. And she played, so music was yeah. a big deal. Also, from and my grandma, on her, uh, her mother was a painter. A Sunday painter, but a devoted yeah. Sunday painter. I was fascinated by that, watching her paint. Yeah, and we would have a couple of her paintings. Yeah, so we did have some uh, so original paintings in the home, and um, yeah, it was it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I was probably the only one of the nine that was really artistic of some point, but it was a very open kind of creative, playful household. My, the way that my parents raised us there, and the music was was fantastic. And, and then again, the, the grandmother that painted. And to see her, the original paintings again. But, uh, you know, it was enough for me to have, like, um, calendar reproductions of, of kind of anonymous paintings. But I just, I would just we've stare at them. I would be, you know, just love those, that kind of thing. So we've talked about, like, the right. uh, Norman Rockwells in the Saturday Evening Post mm-hmm. or whatever. And and how for some people, you, yeah. would, you would cut that page out and 
frame yeah. it because that was the closest you were ever going to get to being able to sort of afford yeah. a, a work of art. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I remember too. I mean, I, you know, we had, we, we had wildlife art, Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, duck paintings, oh, yeah, you know, right. and, and yeah. whatnot in our house, which, which, which I, you did, you know, aspired to, yeah. to do as yeah. a kid, you know, I, mean, oh, I loved it. Yeah. You know, drawing deer and duck and, yeah. and things like that. But, um, but my grand, or no, my aunt had a painting, a real painting in her house, <laughs> you know. So I was, I, I remember sitting there. I would always stare at it because I, I couldn't quite, you know, the texture oh. was what I was like, yeah. huh, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it kind of was, abst- you know, it was done with a palette uh, knife, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But I would just stare at that and think, wow, that, that's really. Interesting. That got me with my grandma's paintings too. There was a physicality to it. It wasn't just the image, which I thought she was a great painter. Yeah. But it was literally that. She there was a little bit of the palette knife thing. So yeah. it was a, really a physical mm-hmm. thing as well. Yeah. Textural. Because because yeah. it's like how do you control that? Uh-huh. You know, I thought yeah. as a little kid, yeah. was it like, was magical. Like how would you make a painting like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, how would you do that? And then all of it, all the colors, you know, like little tiny reds all over the place. I'd be like, wow. How, yeah. did, how did you do that? <laughs> you know, mind was blown. Yeah, well, kind of. As a little kid, my yeah. mind was kind of blown. You uh, know, I was like, yeah. "Wow." I yeah, had, I was yeah. I was really into Mad Magazine. That was my deal. So a lot of I, people in cartooning uh, uh, that was huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I think I was about eleven years old. I actually sent a bunch of drawings to New oh. York to Mad oh, Magazine. So of yeah. course, awesome. And, yeah, yeah, seriously. And I would I I remember telling my younger brother. I was like, you know. I'm not gonna tell anybody else. Don't tell mom yet, but I'm probably gonna be going to New York. They're gonna. I'm gonna. They're gonna. I just Pack had this. Your suitcase. I'd send these drawings, which I'd copied from them in the first place. Right? <laughs> I sent them a physical package, and oh. I thought they were gonna fly me out to New York. Oh yeah. And nothing, you know, months, months. And then I came home from school months later, and there was a little hand typed with the typing on the Mad Magazine, New York City. Oh. Are you Rathman? Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And I went down and I opened it up, and it said, uh, "Dear David, thank you, thank you for your drawings." Uh, it was just very neutral, like, "Please continue." Oh. Right. And I was like, "Yeah, that just means five years from now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Do you even have that letter by any chance? No, I don't. It's oh, one wow. of the things I. Yeah. That is the wow. cool. That is cool a is cool. That? Cool. But I, I really seriously believed that they would recognize. Of course, me as a yeah, that's great. Of course. Well, you're not. I mean, it is. I no, mean, that's the innocence of you. Circle right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really is. I, you know, but a lot of it, it was the drawing and just the the magazine, and it was again living in this town, getting that thing in the mail mm. was like really exciting. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was um, kind of in general, um, in reference to the household, we got Life magazine. Yeah. Mm. That had a huge impact on me growing up. I, I remember brothers and we'd run to grab that thing. Yeah. That was the world. Mm. I remember, you know, mm-hmm. pictures of them. The moon landing, the riots, you know, people of color, culture that, that we just weren't, that you, we, yeah, didn't we have soaked to. it up, mm-hmm. you know, it was amazing. So again, that kind of experience through visually, through a magazine was yeah. kind of how I, yep. my world broadened out, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's very interesting, yeah. actually. Life magazine was huge. You know? Yeah. And I thought about that later, that was probably a very early, strong um, appreciation of photography. Oh my gosh, it was you know it was so good and it was so graphic and it was so effective, right? Yeah. And I remember just being struck by it and reading the stories too. Um, 
But the photography alone, I think, was a really strong early primary visual. Um, I can really see that, for that, me. that yeah. you know, wow. and how that relates storytelling, to your too, work right, right now. Because, you know, that's, that's what happens with your work. Your mind can kind of wander into those mm. spaces, you know, that yeah. it de depicts. Which, you know, same. I mean, early, early on, you open up Life magazine. I mean, you're just staring at images. Just staring at them. Yeah. yeah. Like album covers, too. Yep. Album covers. So, you know, mm. for sure. getting lost in that. In, yeah. in the art and again something the physicality of having that absolutely you know? um, I remember early on yeah just being interested still going in any place just what do people have up what do they mm -hmm. of some value you know people's refrigerators frequently with the notes and the and I'm fascinated by that what people assimilate what what's important to them what do they what do they what do they tack up what stays up visually you know you know what it, it's a memory it's a reminder it's you know personal um yes you know yes. visually yeah you, you're um, kind of speaking our language here. yeah completely. This <laughs> is we're all just like yep because <laughs> yeah. no that's what our that's what our andalin app is all about and that's what our the platform that andalin is a product we have we have the ability to create digital museums for people and it's we just live in this world of, mm. of caring about what images people mm -hmm. surround themselves and the stories and, behind and the, stories and, the physical mm, yes. object itself. Yeah. But that's Very a cool. great reference, mm -hmm. the refrigerator, mm -hmm. because it's true. That's that's sort of like the that's the bulletin board. What mom and grandma use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, even at my house, yeah. it's like, my you know, what's us. important? Yeah. Oh, you're mm -hmm. great. My, yeah. looks good. Yeah. <laughs> my wife has uh, framed a bunch of my children's art and it really takes on a, an entirely different mm. meaning when it's, you know, that with, sometimes it hangs out on the refrigerator for a while, but then it eventually gets framed. And once it's behind glass, it, it mm. looks no. so. How did they feel about that? I, they're fine with it. They're, Are they? Yeah. 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 They're, they're uh, neither of them very fragile at all yeah. for some reason. Sometimes <laughs> kids, I've been around and my kids, that the formality yeah. of framing it it's like nah you don't need to do that right I just right here i'll tape it up you know? yeah. yeah i think they've I, been had, they've gotten used to it over the years yeah. so they just it doesn't affect them or it doesn't seem to yeah what's funny i i just want to add one more thing because i know we're at the end here but yeah. uh you know i when i was asking you if you had been to mcad you know before you actually went to mcad oh. you know the the idea is you know it in those days, you know, you, you just ended up with a brochure, you know, yeah. a brochure, I remember the brochure of, of college, yes. I mean, all colleges, you know, yeah. like, you and know, you would, and I remember even, you know, you'd, you'd be like, wow. And you just stare at the photo of the campus, totally. you know, That's and you'd it. be like this. I could I see mean, myself. You just, there. you just envision the whole thing. Right. And I remember the, the MCAT brochure in particular. Yeah. That's funny. And, 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 and so, so that also reminds me of, you know, so, I mean, I hadn't been on a plane. Yeah, I mean, first time I was on a plane was, I think I was 20. So, you know, wow. I wouldn't, I mean, obviously I lived here, so I could go to MCAD, but, but anywhere else, you know, I mean, I did apply. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to CalArts, so I okay. would stare at their brochure and yes. be like, wow, that yeah. looks sweet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but never the, been there. Same with me, the one yeah. in Oakland, yeah, I was like, yeah. Right. There's a palm tree back there. Yeah. Like, and, and so it's <laughs> never, I've, I've never seen a palm tree. But it's no. so different today, I mean, like. Yeah. You know, well, you're transported there. Well, now we just jump on a plane and like, oh, well, we better go check out the 
campus, you know, like it's nothing. Oh, Jim, you know? I like your point there. It's like getting in and speculating and um, when you dreaming and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going back to that time frame, but that, that's what you had. Like you could speculate on that imagery and that situation, like being yeah. there or not. Um, Putting, it, putting yourself there. Right. Not, you're right. Yeah. Very different thing. Wow. Well, right. Now we can just part. YouTube it. YouTube yeah. campus life. And and you have a right. million, you know, things of it. But, but I think it's still important to, uh, if you're going to bother printing things, you might as well print something worthwhile. Because I know my kids still want to hold, want yeah. to keep certain things. Mm, yes. And stick them in the drawer in their, yeah. you know, nightstand. And then they've got those. Those few printed things that like kind of make it through that they yeah. still love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The rest of it's all crap. Yeah. But. Right. No, I know. You gotta curate it after a while. It you do. Builds up in the drawers. Yeah. But you never throw out the letter from Mad Magazine. Yeah. That's too- I know, I know, I know. That's- I I I think I remember coming home and it was in my drawer. Probably my I was just thoroughly embarrassed by that, you know, and threw that away. Right. I didn't mm-hmm. tell that story is stupid, you know. Oh, it's I mean, I know. so cool, though. Right, I know. So cool. <laughs> ah, life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, what we did not get to on this episode was uh, asking you any sort of questions about what you do for fun, all the de- other things that we typically ask. So I think we're going to have to have you in again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, will, that will be fun. We can talk <laughs> about other things. Yes, leading up to your show, your upcoming yeah, show. Yeah, just, just whenever you, whenever you yeah. feel like you might that want to come That would be great. Mm-hmm. This is, that would be cool. It's this been a lot of fun. Been, yeah, it's really great. I love, uh, it's just, it's the way to talk about art in your life and your career is just in dialogue. So I, I thank you guys. It's been great. Well, thank yeah, you. Is, there, is there anything that how you want? People find yeah, you? How, how do people, people find, find you? your work? And uh, Okay, so right now, pretty much Instagram, David Rathman. Um, and it, it's pretty good. I kind of It's kind of what I've been doing, and it's some archival stuff, too. Um and uh, but I will have a new website coming. It should be up by the start of next year. So and that will probably be in my name. I'm not sure of the domain on that yet. But okay. Uh, and uh, again, that will be um, kind of a big deal for me. It's going to be kind of archival. It will. Uh, I'll keep it updated with what I'm doing. But um, kind of a history of uh, my painting and my projects over the past 35. I years. think that's important. Yeah, it, it is important. <laughs> I think it's so, so important. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, and that's a daunting <laughs> kind of kind of is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, collaborative. It's going to be fun to work with people, right. um, with my wife, with this web designer. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a painter. It's a very solitary kind of a thing, and and I love that. It suits my nature. But I I love collaborating. That's why I've loved the uh, the uh, illustrative projects, working with uh, the sports people, or doing mm-hmm. a poster. Or working with High Point, um, so collaborating with people is is great. It is. It, it's and it's really good for me. Um, yeah. And you know, it just kind of opens you up, broadens broadens your horizons, and um, you know, just always. I'm just really grateful that I've had an audience for my work. You know, so um, it, it, it's nice to be open to uh, you know what's ahead, right? Know, and what's been behind me. So. Fantastic. So thank you guys for having me. Well, thank you for David, joining thanks us. for coming in. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Bye now. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. 
If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.